welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davison, and I'm here with Elkin Beltry and Ethan Huffin. Now, Ethan, an all-star was traded today at the trade deadline. How do you feel about that? Dwayne Wade is coming home. He's going to play 24 seconds a game and score two points per game, and he's going to hit every game winner down the stretch. The Heat are going to be undefeated in close games. Never lost. You know, I was a little confused when Richard said an all-star, and I was like, oh, we're talking about past all-stars. That makes a lot more sense. Yes, former all-stars. Former Former all-stars. Three all-stars in one trade. That is true. Three in one deal there. Man. So uh, who got the best all-star out of that one, you think? Um, I think the Heat maybe. I mean, Joe Johnson's probably not going to have much time left on the Kings, so I still think the Heat uh, get, get, got the best oh, former All Star in that in that trade of Derrick Rose, Joe Johnson, and Dwayne Wade. Oh my goodness! And the thing is, I can't really argue with that. I mean, but we all seen what Derrick Rose has been, and I think at this point we're just looking at Dwayne Wade, and I'm pretty sure. At one point, with Derrick Rose again gone, there's like a second year in a row, he just goes and leaves a team for like a month, and then no one knows what's going on with him. Yeah. 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 He's wanted to do that, apparently. Yeah, yeah but Isaiah Thomas uh, was okay with that, just not okay with Kevin Love getting getting the flu midway through. So. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, at least you won't have to deal with Kevin Love anymore. Yeah. That's right. So – Let's talk. Let's talk about the Cavs first, right? Some of the moves that they did. That's probably the biggest story of today. Uh, the things that they did. So, man, where where to start first? Probably them moving away from Isaiah and and bringing in Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. In probably that one. So, what do you guys think about that trade? Um, Ethan, you go ahead, man. Because I got uh, words. All <laughs> right. Okay. So what I'm looking at here is Isaiah Thomas, um, guy who I've underrated all of his career. I thought he was fun to play with on 2K because he's so small and it's kind of weird to look at. But, <laughs> um, but more or less, uh, thought he was a, a product of great, co- good and great coaching more so than actual like, you know. How, how, how good is he as an individual player? Brad Stevens, I think, got the most out of him last year and I guess elevated his stock enough that he could flip him in some a junk piece and uh, a first-round pick into uh, Kyrie Irving, which we see how that's working out. Um, you trade training for an expiring contract. That has value to the Lakers. Both these guys are expiring, actually. But if I'm looking at this as the Cavs, you take on more money in terms of long-term via Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance. But Clarkson is going to give you exactly what Isaiah Thomas has given you thus far this year. And even though he doesn't play any defense either, he's at least, like, you know, 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, and I find it really funny that you're like, hey, crap piece, and that would have been, you know, Jay Crowder. That was the crap piece that you mentioned. <laughs> Who that also got moved. Who yes, also correct. Got moved today. Oh, wow. So. We are really, we are really, and I thought I was the one who was going to be shooting shots, but you guys are just taking all the shots at this time. It's like, uh, Real quick, is right. the I think is the most valuable piece in this trade that first round pick Cleveland just gave up though. Like seriously, like I mean, honest, honestly, is that the like the most valuable thing in this entire trade when you're trading a former uh, top five in MVP voting last year and then a good bench scorer and a like a playable you know center power forward combo guy? Like is is the, is the pick still the most valuable in this trade? Uh, I don't mm. think so. I mean, I guess it depends. Obviously, if if you're the Lakers and you can, you know, get some late first round magic again, like you did with, you know, Kyle Kuzma, then then maybe it can be. But if I look at this, Jordan Clarkson seems to me, I, I like his offensive game. I think that he can uh, bring bring you know bring some sort of offense to the point guard position that you know the Cavs thought they had with Isaiah slash D Rose slash Jose Calderon. But you know he's actually not decrepit and dying, right? He he actually is young enough that he can do something. Isaiah, he's obviously not back yet. He's probably what seventy percent, maybe sixty percent. Definitely. But you know him being injured, being immobile, and him being the size that he is just makes him honestly totally unplayable, in my opinion, with his current situation. Mm -hmm. And man, did Danny Ainge pull a fast one over the Cleveland Cavaliers with, with the trade they made with for Kyrie because Isaiah was basically damaged goods. Now, hopefully, you know, he can come back better next year. I don't know, but what's, what's Isaiah going to do? Come off the bench behind Lonzo. How's that going to go in the locker room? I mean, you thought that you had enough, you know, talking from, uh, you know, from 
LeVar Ball, well, you're going to have that now inside the organization. And I'm just ready for the Isaiah Thomas LeVar Ball uh, show off. That's what I want to see. <laughs> but they two, talk about uh, playing time. Two things, though. First of all, just find out Isaiah Thomas and I share the same birthday. I don't know how I've never realized that, but just found that out. Breaking news. Shout Second out. thing, if you have Isaiah Thomas healthy 100%, no hip injury, nothing, do you think Danny Ainge has to offer that Brooklyn Nets pick to move him to the for Kyrie Irving? I think he has to offer a first-round pick. I don't know if it's a Brooklyn one, but, the, I mean, the he was they knew he was injured. And then there yeah. was the haggle back and forth, and they were like, well, we'll throw in a second-round pick, and that was that. And mm. so, man, I mean, after that, you think, man, LeBron's just Le- – LeBron has to be thinking, so we know this guy's injured. I'm getting the crap piece Jay Crowder, and that's it for about half the year. I mean – you know, and then Isaiah comes, and the moment Isaiah comes, they start just being the worst team ever. That and is, that it, is kind of I true. don't know. It's it's been really rough since he's been there. So hopefully, well, maybe not. I'm a Piston fan, so I I hope not. But for them, they're hoping that making this move will allow them to have some more stability. Because I mean, you'd think Jordan Clarkson's now going to be their starting point guard, right? Actually, maybe just kidding. Maybe not because they also brought in another point guard, right? And so th- that brings us to our next trade here. A three t- a four team deal four four team, yeah yeah. Well, I mean, the, technically the Heat deal is uh, was a was a separate side deal. side thing. Yeah, like but it turned like okay. I'll just run through this because I'm the one who put this thing together. Go ahead. So originally the Heat the Heat traded a 2020 second round pick for Dwayne Wade, and then the Cavs traded that 2020 pick along with Amon Shumpert to the Kings. Jay Crowder went to the Jazz. Derrick Rose went to the Jazz. The the Jazz sent out Joe Johnson and Rodney Hood, Cavs Rodney Hood, Joe Johnson to the Kings, and George Hill came from the Kings to the Cavs. I said that way more complex than it should have been. <laughs> yeah, so so basically the Cavs get Rodney Hood and George Hill, and no one else really matters in this. Correct. So, I mean, I Jay mean, Crowder, I, I, listen, Jay Crowder's probably going to have an improved situation over there with the Jazz. Derek Rose, mm-hmm. he's going to get bought out. There's no reason for him to be in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Johnson, also getting bought out. There's no reason for him to be in Sacramento. So, really, Iman Shumpert got the raw end of the deal here yep. because he's gone to a team that has no aspirations of anything at all. Man, so if I'm – if I'm the Cavaliers a week from now, by the way, George Hill, before I ask this question, George Hill, what's his status? Is he currently injured or not right now? Does anyone know? I mean, I think he was in that, like, we're going to play young players, okay. rotate through kind of thing. I don't doubt. I, I'd be surprised if he's not banged up a little bit because that's been because, George Hill's I, career. But. Yeah, because I just haven't seen much of him in Key's game that I've been watching. So I'm wondering, what started lineup for the Cavs rolling with after those two trades with the Lakers and the Jazz? Well, bringing those players. Yeah, I mean, I, I think George. I don't think George Hill's injured. I mean, they have been doing some weird stuff mm-hmm. in the Kings just to basically tank, like like yeah. we had mentioned in our Kings State of the um, you know State of the Franchise podcast. Uh, but it's you've got to envision something like if it were me, I think I'd have George Hill starting with Jordan Clarkson being my first off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's the way that I, I do it. And then you can yeah. you can have some sort of I, mean, I don't know. They have a lot of weird. Pieces, I guess, because you're theoretically pretty deep at shooting guard. Deep. I mean, you have the corpse of J.R. Smith, who you know still is on, still is on, you know, the books for another thirty million after, you know, for the next two years after this. Ooh. And you also have Kyle Korver for about fifteen million for two more years after this. And then you just brought in Rodney Hood. Now Rodney Hood has been injured this year, and so, but he, you've got to think that going forward, he's their best. Piece. I mean, he's a restricted free agent after this, but if LeBron leaves, you want to keep Rodney Hood. And so, uh, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting thing there, but it's for me, I would go with um, George Hill and as my point guard. 
So, like, for me, like, this just shows the difference in how I how I would coach a team versus Tyron Lue, who got nothing out of Jay Crowder, and I think Jay Crowder's going to do much better in Utah because he's going to have a good coach again. I love Quinn Snyder. But if I was this team, I would start George Hill, and I would actually also start Kyle Korver. I don't care that he's a defensive sieve. I'd yeah. give LeBron as many good three-point shooters to pass to from the start of the game and let some of these other guys, like J.R. Smith, who can create a little bit, Rodney Hood, who can create a little bit, and then also Jordan Clarkson, who can also create some run a little bit of a second unit if like if you're going to have LeBron off the court because Rodney Hood he's he's six eight the guy, guy needs to be playing three not two all the time like why like it, it's like if Clay Thompson played for a worse team he'd also probably play some three just because of his size but he plays for a team with Kevin Durant and formerly of a Harrison Barnes that can play the three why not bump that size up this team doesn't have those kinds of players that's what I would do with that kind of backcourt and then the three rotation so what's interesting to me now is their front court. I mean, mm-hmm. are you still starting Kevin Love at center? It, or are you making your power forward? Because mm-hmm. if you're starting him at center, then that means Tristan Thompson's coming off the bench. And then it's what, Larry Nance Jr. is now your starting power forward? I don't know how I feel about that. So you're probably going to with Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, LeBron. But what this does do, like you said, is it does give you some flexibility. Maybe you can throw Rodney Hood at the three when you push LeBron to the four and Kevin Love to the five. Maybe you can, uh, you know, then have Jr. or Kyle Korver in whatever you know floats your boat, and then you know pick your poison between George Hill and Jordan Clarkson. I don't want to see Jose Calderon nearly at all no. after this. So if if that that's one thing that I think the Cavs do really get here, I like the moves that they made. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's beneficial for their team i think that it uh, puts them in a position to to either you know try something new see if it works out it can't be any worse than the past few weeks have been and after if lebron does leave you have a path forward with some younger guys in jordan clarkson rodney hood so i like this move for them even though they gave up their first i think that they still have young pieces that they can move along with I like the idea of Larry Nance playing some center because for this reason more so than anything else because I think he has the size to play it and mm-hmm. I think he could get a lot of rim rolling oops from LeBron specifically. So so who's what's your lineup if you have Larry Nance at center? Oh, if if I'm going Larry Nance at center, I think you can have K Love out there like once he's back from injury. But until okay. Kevin Love comes back from injury, I think you you run it as Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance are all your center minutes. I don't play him at power forward at all. Okay. I mean, yeah, if you have Nance and Love out there, fine. So yeah. Do you just w- not want to see Nance and Tristan Thompson? You don't want to see any any minutes of that? Why would I? That's that's fair. I, I just yeah, – that, exactly. that's fine. Like, no. No, thank you. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I was – because I was just envisioning you guys pretty much going to crowd the court if you put those guys together. You're not going to yeah. get much out of both. No, but uh- – if I, if I can jump in here, like, if, if, if anything, this is what I would do. Until mm-hmm. Love comes back, I would either start Jeff Green and play him at power forward or slide LeBron down to play power forward to start and get uh, Rodney Hood in there. I think I'd go with Jeff Green for, like, because the fact that he's been on the team a little while, he already has a little bit of chemistry with LeBron, he can run. And if you put him in a role, I think, I think he's learned how to play within his role. He's still wildly inconsistent, but he's yeah. playing within his role now. And I think he can play a four. Like, you, you had – I mean – <laughs> Jay Crowder's 6'6". Six, six. He's not a power forward. Jeff Green's 6'8". He could actually play power forward. By yeah. the way, Ethan, Ethan, by the way, random thing before we go, Richard, Ethan's pushing it with that, with that Jay Crowder 6'7". All right, Jay Crowder's more like 6'4", if we're being honest. I said 6'6". Six, uh, six. Six, six, six. Okay. <laughs> so one thing that I think we are going to see that we haven't mentioned yet is just because he did so well in the, in the last game, C.D. Osman, you know, a rookie here, he played well, and Tyron Lue's like, we're going to get this guy minutes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that could also be something to look out for in their lineups. I think that he'll have some sort of role going forward just because Ty Lue's like, hey, that something worked out. We won a game. Uh, let's do more of that. Even so, and, if Rodney Hood's struggling yeah. with his health, get C.D. Osman out there. Let Hood get all the way healthy. Yeah. Have him stretching a lot so he doesn't keep pulling his calf. And then – just trot him out there in a month. Who cares? Like, you need healthy. Rodney Hood needs to be healthy for this team to have any chance of playing in the finals competitively. I think, though, a lot of these moves do make them back if they can gel back in the uh, – yeah, this is probably going to be the best team in the East. Really? So, that's what I was going to ask, first of all. Uh, Matt, I'm, you guys, I know you guys are being so serious, but all I'm thinking about is 
Guy comes in for Isaiah Thomas, averages more chest bumps from LeBron than Isaiah Thomas ever got his whole time there. And I'm just, I'm just going to call it as I see it. But for I see it is, I'm thinking about the defense because to my recollection, we had talked about this. They had been bottom two defensive rating for like a, a month, almost two months, it feels like. So do you guys think, Ethan brought it up, if it gels, we're working towards the Eastern Conference representative. Do you guys think these pieces now make them significantly better than what they had before in defense? That's the question. I mean, does this move the needle? Does this make them be the favorite now to be the, you know, to be the leaders in the East? I think, what are they like third in third in the East right now? Uh, I mean, if you have LeBron, you're always a threat. Yeah. But as I look at this team and the way they're constructed, they're interesting. It looks interesting on paper, but I'm not convinced that Ty Lue can, that Ty Lue's going to work these pieces into a way, into a way that will work for the team. I'm not yeah. convinced that uh, because they've made these trades, their team is fixed. I think that this trade, while it's intended to maybe try to get LeBron to stay around, maybe make a run, maybe you can do something. I don't think it puts them – I don't think it mo- at best puts them in a position to compete this year, but I think it gives them a direction to go next year. Uh, that, that's that's the way I look at this and see this. Uh, I think bringing in George Hill, his defensive ability is helpful. But if I'm really honest, Clarkson, Hood, and Nance are the reasons why I think these trades are focused not this year, but in the future. I agree with you, Richard. Keep in mind, when I broke the news that George Hill was going to Cleveland, I said that he is your nice fallback option if this Isaiah Thomas thing doesn't work out. Now, I didn't know Isaiah Thomas thing was going to be part of the trade. Like, I I overlooked that, which it technically Mm -hmm. was, and he's a part of a different trade. But here's the thing. This is what I want to focus on. This team is a terrible defensive team, and a lot of that comes from the fact that their best player, two best players, don't really play defense very much. LeBron James doesn't have the time to play defense because he has to carry the offense all the time. And Kevin Love, just with his physical limitations, has never been a great defender while he is a reasonably good effort defender. Mm -hmm. You got rid of Derrick Rose, trash defender. Um, True. Even Jordan Clarkson, who's a bad defender, is better than that. You got rid of Isaiah Thomas, the worst defender. And George Hill is a significant upgrade over that. You got rid of Channing Frye, no athleticism. All he does is catch and shoot. You got a Larry Nance Jr., better athlete, maybe still raw, not a good, great defender, but he's definitely a decent defender. He gets in the way. Rodney Hood, all the physical attributes, long, lanky, gets in people's way, upgrades, upgrades, upgrades over Dwayne Wade there. I mean, like, it's all defensive upgrades while not mm-hmm. really losing anything on offense. Like, what am I missing here? Like, well, how is this team not a lot better? Maybe not Warriors, Rockets good, but a lot better. Here's what I think, here's what I think we're missing. All of these guys have came from teams where they're not they're not in the playoffs. They're all mm-hmm. coming from really bad teams, and with them coming from really bad teams, they like there's a difference between playing you know regular season defense and playing postseason defense, and being being ready to bring it every single night for a seven game series. Most of these guys like. You know, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, they've never experienced that in their lives before, right? They're they're gonna have no experience with that. George Hill, he brings you some he brings you some help there, veteran help who he's been there before, he's he's done it before. Uh Rodney Hood, he's I mean, he's been injured so much and how, how much I don't even know how many playoff games he's participated in. And so as I look at this, I don't know if this really moves the needle. I don't I can't say for certain that now they have the pieces to go out and, and beat the Celtics, beat the Raptors, uh, because I don't know how how well these guys can a- are actually going to play defense. Yeah, if you look at it on paper, okay, you see, all right, Isaiah Thomas, bad defender, uh, get him out of there. You know, you can you can look at all those bad defenders, and say, hey, they're gone. We have all these guys who theoretically are better defenders, but if you don't have a system in place that's going to actually bring about good team defense, like I'm not convinced Ty Lue has it. So. Uh, well, like, he certainly doesn't. They, they, they've they've <laughs> had terrible defenses, like for for almost the whole time he's been there. They, yeah. They've just been an offensive team, and now yeah. their offensive leader, Jr. Smith, you know, falling off, falling off the map a little bit. Now, some of the guys they've relied on are no longer what they were, and so I don't know. We'll see. I I like the move for them. I just don't. It I don't think it 
gets them any closer to beating the Warriors or the or the Rockets. And I don't think it pushes them past the other top two teams in the East. Well, a friend of mine has a theory that J.R. Smith's just drunk all regular season, and he'll be fine in the postseason because he'll be sober. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We'll see. And I kind of agree with that I, I thought. I mean, it just it makes sense to me. For some reason, for me, one of the biggest takeaways after all these players that they lost, is it bad of me that the player I would, I'm going to miss the most is probably Channing Fry because seeing him and LeBron do pick and rolls was one of my favorite things. And you knew Channing Fry was just going to shoot it. And then the yeah. defense was like, what are we going to do? He wasn't going to roll. Yeah. He's got to pop. So every single time. So now I'm thinking, let's say, let's say LeBron stays. I feel like Cavs don't make it. LeBron stays. Ty Lue's probably that's not going to last. That's a bold prediction there. I said, let's, just say, let, let's, just say, let's just say he stays, all right? It's probably not going to happen, but let's just say he stays. Who do you bring into coach? Because I'm tired of seeing these Cavaliers team that are playoff caliber team, championship aspirations. I think it's time that they actually get an actual coach. Like, that's one of the things. Um, I mean, if they're going to get an actual coach and LeBron will tell him that he'll stay around for his tenure, David Fisdell seems like the perfect fit. That's what I was but thinking of. Here's the thing. If, if, if there's an opening and Fisdell doesn't take it, we know LeBron is probably not going to be there. Like, Or if he signs yeah. a one-year deal and Fisdell doesn't come, uh, he's – yeah, like it's – I'm up to the point where I think Dan Gilbert might not resign LeBron if he wants to come back just because they're, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's I done mean, spending all this money. I mean, it's pretty much been like everyone knows that LeBron has no relationship with this front office at this point anyways. So. It, it's really funny because it's like both of them probably you – know, they both don't like each other, but it's – it's going to be really interesting when LeBron, and I'm not saying if, when LeBron moves on, um, the kind of blame game that goes around LeBron is like, oh, Dan, you know, it's Dan Gilbert's fault. He, you know, he didn't bring the right pieces. He, he's, you know, he's just a terrible owner. And then Dan Gilbert's like, oh, LeBron, you left us again. He's going to try to throw shade at him in comic stands. He made us uh, sign Tristan Thompson and Jared Smith. What were you thinking? Yeah, and so it's going to be the blame game going around, and I'm going to love it as a Pistons fan. It's going to be great. Oh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Here's the thing. Question. Luke Walton's out in L.A. Fizdo goes out to L.A. Would that be a sign of LeBron going to L.A.? If, if, if Fizdo goes to L.A., I would actually be, like, highly concerned that that's exactly what's happening because – like, Fizdo definitely has a relationship with LeBron. But here's the thing. Like, I don't know why they would fire Luke Walton. It doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Me. I mean, you've not put him – you've not surrounded him with good players. I mean, when you brought him in, you brought in, you yeah. know, Mozgov and you, know, you had Luol Dang there. So, it's oh. like, what was he going to do with that? And so, oh. you can't get rid of him now. I, I, I don't know. The ghost of 2016 free agency lives on everywhere we go. Right. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing. The Heat avoided uh, that ghost, and they just chose the seventeen <laughs> ghost instead. Right, I'm ready. Yeah. Down, I'm I'm ready to stop talking about the Cavs because I see Ethan's compiled a good list of just other small moves that are piling around the league right now or have happened today. Yeah, ESPN compiled that list, and I just copied and pasted it and formatted it the way it's I like. Okay, it looks great in font in font eleven size. <laughs> All right. Well, let's leave the uh, the Cavs corner. And uh, introduce uh, another team that we've actually spent a recent amount of time talking about. Uh, the Detroit Pistons made Woo! two moves. Let's, yeah. do, let's do the one with the – oh, wait. They both have Miami Heat ties to them. Uh-huh. Uh, Pistons trade for James Ennis. Uh, they give away Bryce Johnson, who cares, and a future yeah. second. Um, they also traded for Jameer Nelson and a Chicago future second. Or actually, they kind of they just swapped their 2022 picks. Yep. And Willie Reed is going to the Bulls. Now, Richard, we talked a little bit about how we thought Willie Reed would be a, make a nice backup center. Well, I guess <laughs> they've officially decided Eric Moreland is the backup center. There will yes, be man. no Willie Reed. Uh, yeah. um, Jameer Nelson, James Ennis, go. So so here's here's where I'm feeling. Like They got they moved on from Willie Reed. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if you guys know this, but Willie Reed just got suspended six games mm-hmm. for domestic violence abuse. So, we, know you know. Yeah, so okay, own. you can deal with that, <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Um, and so yeah, we'll stick, stick with Eric Moreland. We still don't really have a legitimate backup center, but you know, oh well, uh, we'll just play more Blake at the five when Drummond goes out, and we'll keep one of those two guys, and it'll all be good. Uh, you know, bringing in Jameer Nelson is super helpful for us because he's a guy who's played with first stand before. He's a veteran point guard. And Reggie Jackson, we hope he comes back, but he's insurance. Like right now, we're we're starting, you know, Dwight Bikes or 
We're starting, uh, you know, Langston Galloway, hard capped, but he's really a, sh- a shooting guard and he's not a point guard. Wait, so, what's the what's the timetable on Richie Jackson's return right now? He, they're reassessing him after the All Star break, and okay. so I would say if he's playing within a couple weeks after the All Star break, great. Um, I'll, if it were me, I would not rush him back. Make sure he has all the time that he needs uh, because I, I think with even without him, I think we can sneak into the postseason. Um, Standing, so I, I'm 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 happy with the Jameer Nelson bringing him in. Swap seconds, who cares? James Ennis. Now I'm I'm not quite as familiar with James Ennis as you are, Ethan. So um, I'll just tell you, I don't care about you know Bryce Johnson. You just got Bryce Johnson and Willie Reed. Feel free to move on from them. Get rid of a future second and brings in bring in James Ennis. And at, here's all here's what I know. He provides depth at you know the three, which at which we had none. So. That's great. But tell me more about James Ennis, Ethan. Well, I, I do need to ask you this question. Did you know he provided you depth at the three before I told you how tall he was? I I was under the impression that he was a 3-4, <laughs> but I didn't really know. I, that was my – I I don't know. He, he is definitely not a 3-4. He is a straight three. Okay. Um, that's, that, 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 that's even better for us. I'd prefer that. Yeah, but let me tell you about one James Ennis. This man is ha- having a low mark of his three-point sh- shooting career this season, but he's still shooting 36% from three. All right. I mean, his, his technical low mark was uh, 30, uh, 30%, but that, that was like a 10-game sample size. We don't count that. So, yeah, he's a uh, he's doing very – oh, wait. Oh, yeah. No, I read that wrong. Forget what I said a second ago. Oh, he, no. He, he is shooting 36%, but I read a different number uh, for his career low. Regardless, not important. That's fine. He's I'm doing thirty-six. Yeah, exactly. He's doing that, playing twenty-three minutes a game. He's scoring six point nine points, so he's not doing a whole lot in terms of getting shots up. But right. the guy is a good defender. He is quick. He has he has long-ish arms, and the dude can dunk a lot. <laughs> he has All some right. very exciting dunks in his career. And I can't remember if during his rookie year when he played sixty-two games for the Heat. If he had the dunk of the year, but I know he had a crazy dunk on somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but I can see it in my head except for the team he dunked on. It was actually – I feel uh, like it's because it they was, were wearing white jerseys. It was Rasul Butler. Rest oh, really? Yeah, that's it was actually – because I, I, just, I just looked it up right now thinking about it and started talking. It was against the Wizards back in uh, 2014. Well, make sure no one makes any uh, – Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Rasul <laughs> Butler. Um <laughs> Yeah. Rest in peace, sir. You played for the Pacers and the Heat. We have much. <laughs> okay, why'd you do that? Why'd you hey, do I was, that? hey, you asked. Uh, you were saying I can't remember, and I happened to. You could have just went with the team. <laughs> Keep all up. this in, Richard. Keep all this in. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, James Ennis. He's a dunker, three-point shooter. He's not going to demand the ball. He's just going to catch and shoot and maybe drive, drive occasionally, run in transition. He's going to be a nice pairing with Blake Griffin, specifically in a transition setting. Yeah, as I, as I think about this, you know, I told you when we made the Blake Griffin trade that I thought we were going to make another trade for a wing. And so bringing him in is helpful. I think bringing in Jameer Nelson uh, is, is exactly what we need. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the Pistons' moves at the trade deadline. We didn't get rid of anything worth anything. And so, you know, with doing this, it lets me know Stan really wants to make the playoffs. He wants to make a run in the playoffs. And, you know, we got we got four more years of Blake. Four yeah. more years. Four, four more, more years. years. Four more years. Yeah. Right, so, so what do you – by the way, so what do you see the – let's just say Blake. I know this is high on like, So Blake stays healthy. And you got Andre Drummond stays healthy. Where do you see them in three years, the Pistons? I see them having to make a decision on Reggie Jackson. And it just depends how they assess their, assess their situation. You know, who knows? If, if Reggie's healthy, I like it. I, it healthy Reggie with, with those guys, um, I, I think that we've got a team that can, you know, basically be the Hawks team that, you know, was pretty good and you know even snagged a one seed that well, I don't think we're gonna snag a one seed but you know they had they were competing never really making that you know making it to the finals but you know LeBron's gonna eventually have to leave somewhere I think he'll go west 
So, you know, who knows? Things could open up in the East and uh, we could be right there. We're only a few games out of the third seed and we're in the ninth right. seed right now. So it's, it's, it's close. I think and we, we haven't lost a game since Blake came to town. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with where we're at right now. So if I'm a Pistons fan, I'm hoping that they draft a point guard, not this coming year because that pick's gone, but the year after that. So then they really have a decision to make about Reggie Jackson. So maybe they could be a little bit more selective with a, like in terms of what position they want to go for in free agency, whether it's worth it to bring back a Reggie Jackson, or maybe there's like enough lower name, you know, Tyreek Evans, the Grizzlies type kind of signings that you could piece together a really like reasonably deep roster that can maybe, you know, handle a Blake Griffin missing 20 games a season kind of guy. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that. Let's let's move away from the Pistons. All right, let's look look at some of the other trades that happened. One of my favorite trades of the day: uh, snag of a deal from the Phoenix Suns getting Alfred Payton, and all they had to do was you know move on from a second round pick this upcoming draft. Mm. Was that really all the market there was for Alfred Payton? I mean, I know he's not a good shooting point guard, but you know him being a defensive guy. In a really bad system, like Orlando's been a really bad spot for nearly everyone. Like, how did no one else decide, you know, let me go ahead and throw a second second rounder out there? Like, how were you able to get him for, you know, for basically nothing? I, I don't get it. Because if you if you had any interest in him at all, go ahead and trade for his restricted rights. Yeah. So you really get to choose. No, we, we're not going to overpay him. Or, oh, yeah, we'll take that deal. Sure. Like you extend the qualifying offer, give that have that cap hold on there, and then like you can take that offer or you can match whatever one like you have all the power in that negotiation. And the fact that you traded for him makes Peyton be like, Yes, I like you. I'm gonna come here and be good for you. Like it's a whole confidence thing, and I like I, I invest in you, I want you to succeed. Like Alfred Peyton could really turn into something, especially paired with a guy who can shoot as well as Booker. Yeah, I, I that's one of the things I really love the spot he went to. So I, maybe I'm happy no one else traded for him. Like putting him next to Booker, uh, I think Booker is a better version of of Evan Fournier. He can shoot lights out, and you know he's then Alfred Payton becomes the guy who guards the other team's best guard, and you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about Booker trying to do that. And so I like that aspect of it. I mean, I wonder if how him and Josh Jackson being non-shooters are going to coexist, but who knows, maybe he'll be able to find a shot or some offensive game over there in, in Phoenix. I, Phoenix's, you know, front court is a little bit suspect at the moment yeah. with all the stuff going on there, but you know, I like it for the backcourt. I think that it's a, a risk worth taking. I mean, this guy was just the 10th pick a few years ago in, in the first round. So why not throw a second rounder at them and see if you can get him on a cheap contract, like you're saying, Ethan, and maybe it works out. If it doesn't, who cares? Keep in mind, there was a, a recent player who got the biggest contract and guaranteed money um, just a couple years ago, one Mike Conley, now overpaid. We talked about his contract. But when he after his first four years, he was not what he turned into. He was not a shooter. He was not a penetrator. He was hardly a setup guy, much like Alfred Payton is to this day. But he played defense, and he – for all, all it's worth, the coaches liked him a lot, and he turned into something. My only question with this trade is, tell me that the Suns also received some hair clippers in the trade because oh, that, that, hair, that, that hairdo's got to go. I mean, have you seen him when he shoots it and, like, he actually gets blocked by his hair? That's happened before. Like, hey, man. I've, it's I've become a problem. I've seen, I've seen him live before. The hair does – Object looks actually bigger in real life. I'm just going to bring it up. It looks actually bigger in real life. I, I'm going to say as the, the lone 100% white on the panel, I'm not going to comment on anyone's hair. That is uh, <laughs> not, not of Caucasian. I'm not going to criticize people's hair uh, for the national media to aggregate. I, I do have one. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. I do have one thing, though. Is Alfred Payton we see right now, is that who we're getting? He's only 23 years old. But is this, is this who we're most likely going to get yeah. or is he going to change? No, I mean, I, I think I think Ethan brought, brings up a good point. Maybe he can become, you know, a poor version of Mike Conley. I mean, if he does that, then, I mean, you at least have, you know, a starting point guard or, or maybe a your and, bench point guard. I mean, at the very worst, yeah. he's a solid second-string point guard. I and mean, I think, um, I, Ethan, Ethan which you'd love to up, get for a second-round yeah. pick. Ethan bringing that up reminded me. I've, I've always brought this up. I brought this up before. 
It's called the Carmelo uh, NBA Player Projections. Have you guys ever heard of this project yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, so 538? Top, yeah, so his top five projected comparisons, trajectory career are Tony Parker, Drew Holiday, Larry Hughes, Mike Conley, and Ray John Rondo. Wow. How do I not have a job talking about basketball? <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not bad. You know, guys who can't, who, yeah. you know, for the most part, can't shoot a whole lot, point guards and, you know, late bloomers. This is the thing. Like, being a Pistons fan, I've seen so many players leave Detroit and develop after we gave up on them too early. And so right now, because I've seen that, I'm I'm in the mold of, hey, let's not give up on this guy too quickly. Let's keep Stanley Johnson around. Let's not try to, try to move move off of him. You know, let's let's keep some of these guys who maybe haven't shown it yet because, you know, we got Spencer Dinwiddie's, you know, Chris Middleton's. Uh, and Aaron Aflalos of the world taking off for the moment they, that they leave. And, and so I don't want to give up on these guys. So I, that's why I like Alfred Payton to the Suns. I like it a lot too. Let's go to an Alfred Payton light currently one more year on his contract. Um, underperforming shooter, less than impressive playmaker, but I don't know. He doesn't seem to have like the natural defensive tools of an Alfred Payton. But he also has better hair, and that is Emmanuel Moutier going to the Knicks. Um, big trade for them, giving him a new, uh, new, new look. They get a the Nuggets get back Devin Harris from the Mavericks. You know, a nice, uh, nice veteran point guard to maybe calm some things out there. And the Mavericks received Doug McDermott. So now Doug McDermott is paired with his former high school teammate, one Harrison Barnes. Um, fantastic story, and they also get a, the the Mavs also get a second uh, future second from. Portland that the Nuggets had. So, what do you guys think about this deal? I thought you weren't talking about people's hair, Ethan. But yeah, oh, yeah, I, oh, I knew you were going to call him out. I knew you were going to call him out on that. I saw the look in my eye there. Yeah, I um, saw you, you. Ethan just lobbed it up for you. You know, yeah, I, I lobbed it up I, and I dunked it like Blake Griffin. Well, I'm going to I'm going to compare myself to a one famous ESPN personality, Stu Gatz, and I forget what I say moments moments ago. No, that's all right. Um, so with this trade, I think that, you know, the Nuggets, like you said, Nuggets get that veteran presence. Uh, you know, Moutier, it's good to get him out of, uh, you know, that, you know, get him away from, from the Nuggets. It just wasn't working out there. Give him some new scenery. Now, my question is, though, like, if I don't really understand the, any of the moves that the that the Knicks have been making over the past couple of days, like you know, you bring in Emmanuel Moutier, but you just drafted a point you know, guard, yeah. Frank, Frank, Frankie Smokes. You know, you you lose Kristaps Porzingis, and we, we're not going to get into that right now. You lose Kristaps Porzingis, and then you say, "Let's you know what? Let's go ahead and give up Willie Hernan Gomez." And and now you're like, "What are you going to do? Start?" Joe Kim Noah again? I, I mean, I just don't I mean, understand what the Knicks are doing. With, I mean, with part this. of me, part of me was thinking, I was like, all right, Porzingis is gone. Just trade some people. They got Moutier. Are these going to start a backcourt with Moutier and Frankie Smokes? I was like, are the Knicks trying to go full tank mode right now? Just yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna scrap our season and just we don't care anymore. And that's what I. Mean, you probably have to at this point. Um, they weren't really do, they weren't really that high up in the standings, and at this point, you kind of have to sell yourself. Nothing else is going to happen. We're twenty three and th- and thirty two. They're pretty much in the same place they were last year. Why not get yourself a top ten pick? Well, I mean that's fair. Yeah, they're probably they probably are in the tank game, and you know, Moutier being a young guy, you know, you take the gamble. But I mean, I just don't see why he's the guy that you go after. I mean, they're only about six games. Uh, you know, from the number one pick. So they're like this, I mean, they're, they're in range. And so they should be a tanking team. Uh, I think for the Mavericks, I don't know, I guess you get another big guy who can shoot. Um, I think this makes the most sense for the Nuggets because you know, they're a team with actual aspirations this year. And I think Devin Harris, you know, he'll give he'll be able to provide them with something at least. The way I look at this Emmanuel Moutier trade as, you know, I, I'm trying to take the mind, okay, what what could this Knicks team be thinking? And I'm thinking this is a, a, a step in the right direction for this reason. When you're looking at potentially a, a starting backcourt of two guys who are not shooters at the moment, being Frankie Smokes and Emmanuel Moutier, does, does this turn – this lends me to think maybe they're considering – uh, Perzingis at the five more. Like, am I crazy to think that? 
Here, well, I think you're crazy to think that this is their starting guard unit. I mean, Hardaway at the three. No, I mean you have your Hardaway. You got Courtney Lee still oh, there. Oh, I forgot about Courtney and, Lee. And and I mean, <laughs> I'd forgotten about Courtney Lee. So forgive me for that. And Porzingis is going to be out for at least the next you know I year. Know. This was a future thought thought provoking yeah. thing. Yeah, here's what I, here's what I think it does. Uh, yeah. b- before you go, uh, Elkin. This obviously they're tanking. They're gonna get some guy at the top of the draft. You know, we'll get to talking about the draft uh, in the upcoming weeks. But they're gonna get someone. I think if 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 all bounces your way, you want to get someone who can play the three and maybe even a three or a four because that gives you the flexibility, like you're saying, to maybe you can move Chris Tapps to the five. Now with him being as I don't want to say the word fragile. But, you know, he's a seven foot three guy. Injuries happen, especially to people that size. And so do you really want him to be having to face up with with other big centers who, you know, I think that's the recipe for getting him injured. It does create some interesting situations. But I don't think you can have him like I feel like you have to have another like de facto center. I mean, you know, like the the Warriors have Zaza Pachulia, who he just gets the you know, the center minutes when really the real lineup, uh, he's not even close to being involved. They have their death lineup. I think that's what you have to do here where Kristaps is your four, but then when they go to their version of the death lineup, whatever that happens to be in a couple of years, uh, maybe you can sign it for some minutes to the five. So that, that that's my take there. Just spitballing on one of my favorite guys I was hoping to come out in last year's draft so the Heat could take him. One Miles Bridges has a lot of size, and he's currently playing the yeah. three in college. He's probably going to play a lot of four in the NBA. Um, I'm looking at him as a – like, this This is exactly what my thought process went to. Okay, Przingis, Bridges, Hardaway, Moutier, and Frankie Smokes. I like Smokes better than Moutier personally. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I'm saying that's, like inter- that's not bad. I can see Courtney Lee getting traded next year. I can see Hardaway. I, I can see Hardaway getting traded next year. So like some combination of Hardaway and Lee playing small ball three, and Bridges. Like I, that's that's the lineup I have. And when I when, sometimes when I say lineups, I'm thinking about what their best, what their closing lineup should be more so than their starting lineup. Because uh, yeah, I think as long as Kyle Quinn's on the roster or whoever they have starting center now, uh, Cantor is on the roster, you start yeah. them, but they don't close the game for you. So that that's. That's my thought process anyway. Have they signed Cantor long-term yet, or is that the decision that needs to be made still? Oh, I don't know. What, what do you – because he's really – He has gotten he, an extension. I know that. Yeah. I don't about that. He's really taken to New York, and, like, he's a fan favorite there. and He's got one more so, year of his deal. Yeah, and so, and so I, just, I think about the Knicks, and it's like, well, how is, – is he in their plans? I mean, you've got to think that he might be unless they're saying, you know what, let's go ahead and just full tank it the next two years, allow Chris Tapps to come back, um, you know, in a, in a couple of years. And then you, then you make your run with a Bridges or whoever else you get the year after that, because they, they have all of their first round picks. And so you could be just tank it this year, tank it next year. Cause you're not going to get Chris Tapps until the all-star break earliest, probably next year. So yeah, I mean, do that. Get a couple of guys, um, and then you you've got the beginnings of of your team in New York. The problem is they can't stand being bad for more than three games, so they're kind of <laughs> they're 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 probably not going to do that. They're probably going to sign Cantor to big money, like 2016 money, and <laughs> uh, you know just find themselves doing the same thing all over again because of the Knicks. Is anyone surprised Michael Beasley didn't get traded? I was a little surprised, but I mean, Michael Beasley knows how to make the garden shine, so you can't lose that. But I honestly, if I was the Knicks, though, and I'm tanking, I would have just looked for some some buyers, try to get some more draft picks, because I'm sure there would have been some teams who have been like, I'll take the waiver on Michael Beasley. He's playing good this year. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, like, not not the Cavs or any team like that, but like just a team that's like fringe playoffs. Like the, like the Wizards are always needing sh- shot creation. Yeah, and if you could get it from the four spot, like I, I, if you're telling me I need five minutes from a player, I I think I'd take Beasley over Marquise Morris most days. Were you guys surprised by the way that the Wizards didn't try, didn't trade a uh, Gortat before the deadline? Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised they didn't they didn't make a move uh, that you know like that. I think obviously you would have loved to get off Mahimi, but you can't do that probably till next year. Uh, 
you know, there were a lot of rumors about Gortat and, you know, didn't John Wall say something, you know, weren't there some <laughs> things going back and forth between him and Gortat? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Gentleman's quarrel. Gentleman's quarrel. I, I, I heard and watched that video, but I, I don't know. Like I've always seen Gortat and Wall is like, well, Gortat's the one guy Wall's always gotten along with. It seems like, yeah. so like, you know, sometimes like you, 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 that's the guy you'll say something about in the media, maybe because you know he's cool with you. So, like, I don't know. It, that, 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 that whole situation's gross. I just can't wait till July 21st when he's a year removed from his extension. He's eligible, eligible for trade, and his salary just happens to match up with one Goran Dragic. So, uh, okay. Oh, yes. I'm, already, I'm already thinking. I've already worked out the trade. I could tell. Stay tuned for the off-season edition of the Hero Ball Podcast. Hey, man, the Hero Ball Podcast kind of did call George Hill to the Cavaliers, though. So, yeah, oh, man. And I, I got to say, our our uh, you know draft pod, the first one, uh, or the second one, made made a few predictions that were pretty good for for draft night. Anyways, let's not brag about ourselves. Let's move along <laughs> to our next our next one. A couple of guys who actually could um, you know make some sort of splash in the playoffs for their respective teams. Pelicans get uh, Nikolai Miritich and Celtics signed Greg Monroe official today. Uh, now that the trade deadline has passed. So, uh, you know, with this, obviously the bulls took on the contracts to, to make it happen. Um, you know, they, they got a first rounder out of it. So that's, you know, there weren't too many first rounders, just that one from new Orleans and Cleveland's first rounder that made moves. And the Celtics obviously got Greg Monroe as a buyout from Phoenix. So, with each of these guys, who makes who do you guys think makes the biggest impact come playoff time? Greg. Yeah, I'm thinking Greg because of the lack of interior, just players that the Celtics had and how much they got killed in the interior. I'm just like Greg Monroe, big body. He'll come in, and I'm thinking second unit definitely provides you what you need. I like it. Yeah, he's the kind of guy who can eat up a second unit. And yeah. and Hassan Whiteside, so he's gonna like. I mean, all I can say is like, you know, of course, I'm gonna think about the Heat and like, well, crap. Now we have someone who's gonna get Hassan in foul trouble, not just drag him around the three point line the whole time. Right, right. And and you actually can maybe get some boards with Greg Monroe, whereas that's something that's been a real big issue for the Celtics in previous playoffs series. You know, so I think rebounding. I mean, they 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 made moves to address the rebounding woes uh, this off season, so. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think it'll have a bigger impact, if for nothing else, that the Celtics are probably going to make it further in the playoffs than the Pelicans are. This this trade is like low key. I think so important, especially with like two teams like Miami and Detroit hanging around the bottom of the Eastern standings as we speak. Because both those teams, like with the big men they have, they could get a significant advantage on the boards, and that could swing one one to two. Potentially three games if if Drummond and Orison like are just dominating inside, and you know there's only so much Kyrie Irving can do to bail bail out guys who don't rebound. Yeah, I think that both of our teams match up decently well against the Celtics because of that reason. Uh, we do have those centers who can really make them pay. So yeah, I think that this is an important signing for the Celtics, and it you know it signals to me that you know, they really think they can make it to the finals this year yeah. with the way the East is is you know un- unrolling. Uh, any, anything else with those two teams, or can we move on to uh, the next uh, smaller little deals? We can move on, but I want to mention that Elkins' team also has a center that could do that to the, the Celtics. Ah. So the Hero Ball podcast is just <laughs> literally is littered with teams that can uh, give matchup problems to the Celtics' big men. But not now, because Greg Monroe's a, lot, a big improvement. Yeah. So this next one. The Bulls get Noah Vonley and Cash. We can't forget about the Cash because the Bulls seem to uh, really want to bring in cash money. You know the Jordan Bell trade. Uh, what is the owner like hurting for for funds over there in Chicago? Anyways, Novon Land Cash uh, Blazers. Uh, who is that guy? That guy is it just a name just to make the trade work? He's probably one of those low key like fifty fourth overall picks that never mm. sees a lot of day in the yeah. NBA. Probably his, his name is that they have the rights to him, so they trade him around. I, can, does anyone want to try to pronounce that name? Milovan Rakovic. 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 Get it right. I'm going to call him Minivan uh, Rakovic or whatever. Okay. So, oh. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. So oh. they traded him. Uh, yeah. and where, do offend, really, where do I offend our Serbian listeners? Where do I'm offend sorry. Them? Sorry, Serbia. Um, I did a great <laughs> job. But uh, the point here is that 
we're, they're not worried about minivan over there the Blazers mm-hmm. have got. What are they worried about, Ethan? What are they happy that they made a trade for? They got out of the luxury tax, and now we don't have to pay that extra money. I, I, yeah. Here's the thing. Um, Vonley wasn't going to come back to the Blazers. He doesn't get any minutes. They don't even have minutes for Harkless half the time anymore. So if you're not going to make a deal that gets you rid of some of your bad contracts, you got to just get rid of one of your junk ones that you're going to let walk. So this is the this is the one. Um, I don't know if uh, trading Jake Lehman would have been maybe a smarter idea because he has a partial guarantee on his next year. So, like, it's just a little bit more of, like, you know, maneuvers to do, like, for next offseason. But, um, you know, Vonley has value. I mean, he's, the thing is he's still he's, yeah. he's still yeah. going to be 6'9", six, 6'10", six, and yeah. a lot of athleticism. So, let's see if he can become something if I'm the Bulls. Just extend the qualifying offer and let it sit. Yeah. Uh, and then we we briefly met. I, I brought up a little bit when we talked about the Knicks, um, you know, trading away Willie, Willie Hernan Gomez, bringing in Johnny O'Brien. Uh, you know, I don't get this one for the Knicks. It doesn't make sense to me. How are you going to lose Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and then get rid of a young big man uh, the day after? Like, I don't know. This one doesn't quite fit for me. I don't find it to be super helpful. Uh, and the Hornets, you know, Willie Hernan, Hernan Gomez did want to go – to go somewhere else because of like that clogged front court there. Well, now he's going to an even clogged, <laughs> more clogged front court in, uh, you know, in with the Hornets. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I have a theory. The Knicks front off current front office and head coach just hate Willie Hernan Gomez because they That's didn't put, they didn't play him and they traded him to a worse situation. So yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I mean, I don't know how petty these guys are, but like, that's what it sa- seems like to me. Cause like the guy was a rebounding machine last year. Like, why is he not getting minutes? Doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, we, I, I, you have any words of wisdom about Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, Elkin? No, I mean, and here's the thing: I will tell you this. Probably, if you would have asked me this two seasons ago or a season ago, wouldn't I have known? Now I do. I've been actually watching some of these games. I've been getting on the kind of like Ethan Huffman league pass situation. But not full league pass, maybe uh, streaming passes here and there from various resources that probably get my computer a few viruses now. Oh, and I got a, I got a chance to watch Hernan Gomez, and I'm kind of on board with this with Richard as far as when I see Porzingis go out, he's not going to be a Porzingis, but he's a solid NBA player, and that's someone you want. And that's why I just keep going back to my theory. I sound like a broken record. They're trying to tank hardcore at this point. Like they don't want to win games. And they know Hernan Gomez will win the games. Go ahead. Yeah, we were talking about just putting a body out there so Christos doesn't get hurt. What's a better body than a seven-one like thick dude? That's what Hernan yep. Gomez was. This yep. whole thing makes sense. It stinks. It stinks it to stinks. I have it. You guys, it looks like a duck, walks like a duck. It is a duck, and, and that's what we're doing like, this year. You got Johnny O'Brien. Like, who is Johnny O'Brien? I don't know. I'm sure some, he's some he's, he's better than I am in basketball, but like. Think you got that's what you got for Willie Hernan Gomez. Imagine if you actually played Willie Hernan Gomez big minutes in the center position as you're trying to tank. He probably pads his stats, and you have him for two more years on a really cheap contract. You can trade him for something better. And so this this move I don't really understand from the Knicks. Even though Phil Jackson's not there to to do it, I still don't really drive with what they're doing over there in New York. Man, Phil Jackson's been the best GM they've had in the last twelve months. That is fair. That is, yeah, not bad. I mean, he had his concerns uh, I, about Chris Stapp's Porzingis and health. But, I mean, I, I don't think I actually believe that, but, like, it was a funny thing for me to say. All right, next trade, uh, the Heat bring back Luke Babbitt. Uh, Luke Babbitt. White. So, you know, Heat project from last year, Luke Babbitt's returning for last year, other Heat project, uh, 13 and Ocaro. Um yeah, so how, how does this make you feel? Um, I like Silly Babbitt, so we're good. I I figured Ethan would like this one. Ethan's like Babbitt. I mean, too. he's like Babbitt. he's like low usage Kelly Olynyk. Yep. Which is, yeah. I mean, although if if Babbitt takes a dribble, I pull my hair out. So that's a little bit different. I'm okay <laughs> with Olynyk dribble. Cash and shoot. Cash and shoot. Oh boy. I mean, I'm gonna miss Okara White. To be honest, like he hasn't played this year because he's been hurt, but. He's he's such a wiry, goofy guy. Like, I'm gonna miss his, his his antics. By the way, by the way, Ethan, just making sure if we're the Heat here, because we got Dwayne Wade back, we're bringing Dwayne Wade off the bench, right? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, just making, just making I mean, sure. I wouldn't care if he started, but I mean, like, if it's you, a token, you, the token two minute, two minutes at the beginning, just to, just to rack up the starts. If if you're gonna start him, I'm gonna tell you, you can't start Hassan Whiteside anymore. And Hassan Whiteside's not going to the bench, so you tell me. Well, you, you can't have, have two. You can't have two non-shooters when you have guys like Olenek who can shoot. Like, what's the point of having a, a shooting five if you don't? If you're just gonna throw out guys who can't shoot. Fair enough. Like I, like I said in the joke earlier, 24 seconds a game, two points per game. That's all I need from it. To hit that final <laughs> – like I want him to come off to take the final shot. That's all I want. <laughs> he'll probably still make it too. He'll, he will. He'll make it if it's the last shot. I swear. Moving along. <laughs> Moving along. The Bucks get Tyler Zeller. Wow. Man. Mm-hmm. They got all the Zellers and Plumleys over there pretty soon. You guys, um, I'm really, I'm really surprised the Pacers didn't try to trade a big like Miles Turner for Tyler Zeller. Knowing our love for big, for white bigs, not even gonna yeah. lie. I'm, st- I'm still looking for that. Uh, fi- uh, like if you get bring Luke Zeller out of retirement, uh, bring Marshall Plumley back into the league and have run run a six man rotation for the Pacers, all Plumleys and Zellers, <laughs> oh, and then Hansborough can be the, uh, the it can be the seventh <laughs> man. Oh my gosh! And then Honestly, we need to a, be the eighth. Man. We 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 don't need that in Indiana. We need that in Charlotte because they're already working their way. Kaminsky can be like you know the stepbrother there. We can just uh, you know, run, run, run it there, and Dwight Howard can just be sat on the bench. I'm over here interrupting Richard setting up the the trade between the Bucks and Nets. While looking at this trade, I'm just I'm just sad for Rashad Vaughn. This guy probably didn't even unpack. <laughs> Yes, poor guy. Hey, but, you know, Isaiah Thomas might be complaining about getting traded, but <laughs> tell him to look at Rashad Vaughn. That guy didn't do anything wrong. So, Richard, yeah. go ahead. Continue breaking down that trade. I mean, you might as well combine Bucks, Nets, and then Pelicans and Nets. Uh, yeah, so, well, the Pelicans, yeah. Pelicans then, you know, get Rashad Vaughn, and the Nets get Dante Cunningham. So, that that was a fun thing. Can't we just like make it like a three team trade, anyways? Anyways, you would think. I think that last trade though, getting Rashad Vaughn instead of Dante Cunningham, is directly re- related to the Emiratich trade because mm-hmm. now you 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 don't have like Cunningham was virtually useless with the boogie and AD lineups. He at least made a little sense at the four, but now you got Miritich, so why play him at the four now? Just get him out of here. Get get you a young guy who can maybe shoot one 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 game every five. Why not? Yeah, I guess. Well, <laughs> we're running out of steam on these trades. Let's go into the uh, buyout yeah. candidates, shall we? So, so wow. here's here's who we got uh, for the buyout candidates. The the best one, in my opinion, is Joe Johnson. I think what? that there's a travesty. There's a travesty. I demand Kendrick Perkins. When, when you, <laughs> and when you say uh, best, do you mean most likely or like best option? Because I will argue in terms of best option. But I think that Joe Johnson. Gives you the. I think he is the person who brings the most to the playoffs th- th- this year. I think that. I, I think this year he can be someone who can come off the bench for a team and put up shots. I would much rather see him on Cleveland than I would see uh, some of these other fools on Cleveland. Like I want, I want someone who has made big shots before. I mean, just last postseason, my guy's hitting. You know. Is he hitting is the last postseason ever? I forget. It yeah, was, he, it was. He, first he, round. He, he, he was first round. The Clippers. Yeah, he was killing Clippers. one Blake Griffin. Killing one Blake Griffin, right? Shout out to Blake Griffin. <laughs> but like this man can still make some big shots. So I think that um when he when he does get bought out, I think that you'll see some of the teams that are contending, uh more specifically Cleveland, I think they'll make a run at him. You think he's more valuable? Thing. You think he's more valuable than a Nerlens Noel or KCP? I think. Uh, I here's the thing. Um, we we've mentioned KCP as a possible buyout candidate. The reason why I don't have him more, you know, the reason why I have Joe Johnson ahead of KCP is I think that KCP's buyout is less likely. Um, I don't think that they that they do that just because, you know. Why? Why do it if you're the Lakers? Doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't think he's helping you win. I don't think he's helping you win that many games. And so, I mean, if you're gonna buy out Channing Fry already, like you know, the Lakers need to have a roster. So why not keep KCP? Um, and 
anyways, and so I, that's why there for Nerlens Noel, I think he's a better long term prospect. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to give you. I don't know if this year is he's going to give you anything in the postseason. Like I'd rather have someone who's done it before and Joe Johnson on the buyout market. I'd rather have Nerlens Noel than Tristan Thompson. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, so luckily, luckily for us. The Cleveland Cavaliers would rather have Perk than both of them. So. Yeah, yeah, Kendrick Perkins. Hey, NBA champion Kendrick Perkins to you guys. That's true. He's been there. He's done it before. So He's done it before. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins. Um, so, so other people that could potentially get bought out. Um, Marco Bellinelli. I think you know he's he's one of those guys shooter who could you know you could envision on a team like. I mean, I'm not saying these teams will go get him, but like like the Warriors or like. Uh, the Rockets, you know, you can sound there. Go, fire, Spurs, go. Fire. Yeah, maybe, you know, you could go there, you know, fire and threes away. Maybe the Thunder even. Um, and so I could see him going, getting bought out because he's no use for the Hawks team. Um, so that's, that's another one. Any, any comments on Marco Bellinelli? Thunder's a good fit. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and I think they'll definitely need another two guard. Oh. Yeah, I think, I think that throwing him there would be, you know, just hey, stand in the corner while Russ dribbles, and maybe you'll get it every once in a while, and you'll fire that three. So I think he's a good fit there. Sneakily, I just thought this: I might not mind him on the Pacers. Like, I know, I know, this is like just begging to bring someone, like you know, bring a, a team Ooh. involved. But don't, like, don't you think that would be a decent fit there, Elkin? Like, I mean, you haven't had a a Glenn Robinson the third all season. Like, I think he no. could fit a role there, like as as a three, a two three combo kind of guy that could. I think he, I think he could provide some value there. It would be, I think, you know, pretty a similar guy to like a Bullion, but he had Bellinelli is a little bit better defender. Yeah, he is. Oh, just just a thought. Maybe I don't know how much like the Pacers had to throw around and if they're willing to throw it around, but that actually makes a lot of sense to me in my head. Now, apparently, I'm telling you, like the Pacers are probably the most content they could have ever been with this season. Cause I, I bet you out of all the stuff they said, they did not think this roster was going to, maybe they might have thought like this and I could see Bill and Ellie, maybe during the summer, they might wait out and see what happened. But right now they're probably not going to make any type of move to bring him in. Just a buyout candidate. Not makes sense I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't. The next one, Derek Rose. There's no Ooh. way he's, around in utah they have zero use for him there so he'll probably get bought out and he'll probably go to the timberwolves to reunite himself with coach tibbs remember uh, we don't call them so, we don't call them we don't call them the timberwolves here we call them the timber bulls at this point oh the timber bulls are correct is, is that a, is that a thing is that gonna yeah, happen that, that's, that's a thing, a thing. yeah no, that's, that's already that's already been rumored to happen i just read that i just read that too so they're gonna for all get... you for all you tyus jones stands out there no. sorry honestly Here's the thing. I would have a rebellion in the locker room if they're like, we're going to play Derrick Rose over Tyus Jones. I am flummoxed. <laughs> Sorry about that, Ethan. I thought that was a joke because we just cracked stupid bad jokes all the, all the time on here. That's a no, that's sir. Thing. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm serious there. Okay, that, that's a fireable offense. Like Tom Taylor deserves to be fired. But we'll see. We'll see, though. It remains to be seen. Maybe he can bring the best out of – I'm just kidding. Uh, moving along. <laughs> oh, boy. You already mentioned Erlen's Noel. Yeah. Every team should want it if he, if he gets bought out. Just, yeah. just If you have a good coach, you should be able to do something with him. I mean, Rick Carlisle, unfortunately, didn't didn't work out, but, I mean – and you know what? I hope he gets bought out because that means that Nerlens Noel can make his own decisions. He can yeah. actually go to a place of his own choosing. He's never had that uh, that opportunity before, and so he can go to a team that wants him, and he can want them. And it'll be a nice. He'll reunite with he'll, he'll unite with someone, and it'll be a fun time. Uh, lastly, but we, someone we haven't mentioned yet. I kind of mentioned him. Channing Fry. Uh, is he going to be at all useful somewhere? At all. Do, do the Suns want another old guy that used to play for their good teams? I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, that's about the only thing I can think of. What about, what about the uh, – nope, just kidding. Who are you thinking of? I was going to – you know, I was going to try to throw him over to the 76ers just so that him and J.J. Reddick can do a podcast. You know, they, they can do that together since <laughs> they both like podcasting. But that that's that's all I got. He can just move to Philadelphia or wherever or wherever JJ stays. Yeah, he might as well at this point. 
<sighs> so yeah, that's it. Oh, I have one more, one more um, candidate for you, Ethan, and, and you'll you'll like this one. AJ Hammonds just recently not really bought out. He kind of got cut by by your team. Good. Um, so I, stretched or anything? I I just they waved him. I think I didn't hear anything about a stretch provision. Um, but you know what's really funny. Uh, listeners out there, Ethan was trying to send me the other day trades for LeBron James that were centered around AJ Hammonds, <laughs> and so that was that was well, that was that was good, Ethan. Um, well, <laughs> that was good. I just know LeBron would make the Heat a, a really good team, so like I can't help if I so I to be in in the we don't want to be not transparent here, Richard. He I wasn't the you, only one. I offered. sent you LeBron <laughs> trades. To for every team, <laughs> I send you LeBron James for like six different teams, just uh, just because I was like, well, if he if he, if he would waive his no trade clause, and literally like two hours later, LeBron James will not waive his no trade clause. Oh, okay. yeah, and there you have it. There you have it. Conspiracy theory though, like KCP as a buyout candidate, Rich Paul just pushes the buttons of the Lakers just enough. To where <laughs> Magic Johnson wants to fire a, file a tampering, tampering charge against t- Rich Paul, the agent, because <laughs> oh my Casey, because he's like, oh, you know, some if you open up that that player to go wherever he wants, maybe I can convince other players of mine to go <laughs> where you want. So it's just like that's why I wanted to mention him because you can't help but see the connections here, and uh, I think that'd be an interesting interesting thought process. Oh my goodness. By the way, when you brought up the LeBron trade scenarios, remind me of the 538, the potential trades that they had. They're like, we're going to put potential trade. My favorite one, and I'm pretty sure Ethan thought of this one. It's like they tap into Ethan's mind because of all the stuff that's involved. Aggregators. Cleveland will get Brooke Lopez, Roberson, P.J. Tucker, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. OKC will get KCP, Lil Dang, Julius Randle, Ma Bute. Houston Rockets will get Kevin Love. Tristan Thompson, and that leaves us with the Los Angeles Lakers getting LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, and Dwayne Wade. Yeah, that was uh, January fourth. Yep. That was that came off. That was on my computer. Not that's not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> We're we really we've really uh, felt falling apart here in terms of being organizationally uh, <laughs> together. Like I just it's... want to spew off hot takes. <laughs> Elgin's bringing up these the crazy trades from 538. I'm bringing up my stupid trades. You know what, LeBron though? James. It's okay because I think we have Sam Cassell to bring us back down to earth. That's right. And with our hero yeah. ball quote of the week, like you said. You want to, you want to say, Elkin? I don't think I've said one in a while. I think it's you been do a it. Long you time. do it. You, you make it happen, this Elkin. One, this one's brought to you by not, not just Sam Cassell, but Ethan found this one. Sam Cassell, a man who was traded, by the way, seven times in his career, let's say that. A man who always walked around and liked to talk about his, the size of his. And he said, I make big shots everywhere. I get accustomed to it. I'm not afraid to be the GOAT. I don't worry about what you, talking about the reporter, say about me in the papers. In fact, I like it. It tickles me. It tickles me.